When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, friends. Happy Tuesday. I hope your day is treating you well. Today, we are continuing our series on productivity and pleasure with the Enneagram Type 2. But first, today's rosebud and thorn. My rose today is I have this little ritual that I do when I work from the co-working space and it makes me really happy. I typically have coffee in the morning uh, at home with my husband and then when I get to the office I want a warm beverage and I keep this kind of jam and toast tea in my desk drawer and so when I come in I put my jam and make my little jam and toast tea and it just makes me feel like okay I have my tea it is time to work it kind of like triggers my brain that it's time to go and I love it my thorn is that I played tennis this weekend which was heaven honestly like so exciting so fun but the thorn is that my lungs haven't quite recovered since and it's very difficult to do my job while I'm wheezy recording and doing all these things it's it just, you know, it's a bummer. But also, I'm pushing through that feeling because I love tennis so much. My bud is next week is our last week of summer with the kiddo before school goes back in session, which um, is exciting because we're going to do all of the last ditch summer activities, like go to a baseball game, go back to school shopping, like all of the last, it's like, let's do all the most fun things that we can think to do because this is our last chance to really do them all together. Okay, friends, let's talk about productivity and pleasure for the Enneagram Type 2. So if you haven't already, I encourage you to listen to the intro episode where I talk about the importance of finding our rhythm with these two things and why I think productivity should exist as an entry point to more pleasure. Now, in this individual episode, I want to tackle what can prevent our productivity and tips for allowing our time that we create through more productivity to be pleasurable. So for our Enneagram Type 2s, the things that can prevent productivity begin with one, being too available to others. I see this all the time. I, when I go into corporate trainings, I talk to the twos and they're always like the open door policy people. Like you can come in, you, I'm always available. Everything that you need, I'm here, I'm your gal, I'm your guy, like I've got you. And at the same time, these are the same people who often are getting the feedback from their bosses or their team leaders, like, you're not getting your work done. And and this is happening not because the two doesn't care about their job. It's happening because they're they're treating everyone else's emergencies as their own, right? They're have this open door policy, this kind of social calendar at work that is preventing their ability to get the work done and get home. Um, my mom's a type two. She's very open to talking about, you know, ways that she could be better. And one of the things she's talked about is how you know, this type two energy can oftentimes get 
pointed in the wrong direction, trying to please the wrong people and ultimately letting down the people who matter the most. My mom worked almost every Christmas growing up, right? Like, so um, we didn't really celebrate Christmas very much because she was often at work and that really sucked, right? And this energy of, I'm giving everything to all of these people, which is making me less productive at my actual job, which means I'm probably having to work more hours taking away from the people that I love the most. It's kind of this sense that you should always have your phone on just in case someone needs something. And this doesn't serve your ability to get things done. I've had type two clients who checked their email constantly throughout the day, responded to texts and phone calls all day long, leaving them no time to make actual progress on their work. And the way to work through this is to be proactive and not reactive. The reality is you want to be available to people. So how can you proactively create an environment where you can do both, where you can have some time where that you are uninterrupted, you can just focus and get the things done that you need to get done, and then other times where you are responsive and you can be available to people and set those boundaries clearly so that people know what to expect from you. Here's when you can get a hold of me. Here's when you I am available for you. And here's when I really need to be focused and getting things done. This is going to help you to have the best of both worlds. You can get the work done, but at the same time, you can still have that rich social interaction that you really typically enjoy. The second thing that can get in your way of productivity is undervaluing your time. The reason that demands like this, being constantly available, can even be made of your time is that you are assuming that someone else's time and needs are more valuable than your own. So if you start to value your own time equitably, you will see that it's easier to prioritize, right? So if you're like, oh man, Susan really needs this thing from me, and if I don't get it to her, then her day is gonna suffer. But if you do get it to her, then your day is going to suffer. So you need to start seeing your time as just that as valuable as Susan's time, because it is, right? It's, it's completely equitable. So if you're struggling to value your time, I encourage you to think of it like you would a friend. Kind of take yourself out of the situation, look at it objectively, put someone else in your position, and think about how you would feel if they were doing the same. You wouldn't think like, oh man, Sarah Jane's so selfish when she says no to Susan, even though Susan continuously makes demands of her time. No, you would be like, whoa, Susan, take care of your own stuff. Sarah Jane has her own priorities. She needs to take care of it. Like it would be so much more clear if you were putting someone else in that position that you happen to be in. And that can also help you to recognize how much you're valuing other people over yourself. And that that's some deep work you can do. And I think um, it's, it's interesting to become the observer of that pattern in not just work related time, not just time related issues, but in every area of your life. Number three, making the time, just creating the time. Twos tend to be very busy people, having a lot of people that they're thinking about, a lot of people they're trying to take care of. They tend to be very reactive, like who needs me next? What's going on? Where can I put my energy now? And so when you continue kind of this theme of not giving yourself time, you need to make time. And I know that there is a fear that if you make time, you'll be seen as selfish, or maybe you will be forgotten or undervalued in the lives of your people. So start small and make it non-negotiable. Like every single Thursday, 
I take an hour before I come home from work to do something for myself. Or every single Thursday, I have two hours of uninterrupted work time. You need to break this deeply rooted habit because it's not working. It's not working for you. It's not working for the people in your life. It's not working for the future of your career. No matter where you're trying to create more time, whether that's through condensing your household tasks or it's through getting your work done more quickly or getting client work done more quickly, whatever your life is like, if you work for yourself or work from home, work in your home, you know, whatever it is, you are likely doing more than you need to do. And you are likely under giving yourself the time that you need to get things done without focusing on the needs of other people. This whole like everybody else's emergencies become my emergencies is not working. And it's not working not only for you, but again, it's not working for the people in your life either because it's making you angry right? Like when we constantly feel like we can't stay on top of things, like we're constantly catching up, it makes us feel bad about ourselves. And then it makes us start to feel resentful of the people who are making us feel bad about ourselves by not giving us the time that we need. It's just a big mess. And the truth is, it's no one else's responsibility to set boundaries for you. It's your responsibility to determine how, what do I need in terms of time in order to accomplish the tasks that are preventing me from experiencing more pleasure in my life? So where can this time come from and who do I need to communicate with in order to have it? And how can I make sure that they know this is not up for debate? This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. All right, number four is one of the main things that can keep you from being productive is a lack of feedback. Type twos are looking for the positive impact that their work has on people, right? The thank you so much for all of your hard work moment. That can make any kind of invisible labor feel not worth it. If I fill out the spreadsheet, I'm not gonna get a thank you for that. So like, I'm gonna deprioritize that and take care of Susan right now because Susan's definitely gonna really appreciate this and she's gonna know how hard I'm working. Even if the spreadsheet means that I'm gonna have to stay late at work to finish the spreadsheet and therefore not get home in time to spend quality time with my children or be so exhausted by the time I get home to spend quality time with my children. Like this energy of, I wanna make sure that I'm getting the thanks that I deserve, so I'm gonna do the most visible work first because there's an immediate serotonin rush after that work is accomplished and there is very little serotonin rush that accompanies a spreadsheet. 
So it's helpful to take your values deeper. So to go from focusing on how others think about you and instead focus on how you want to impact them. Take that like to energy to its healthiest place, right? Instead of thinking, I'm gonna do this because if I do this, they're gonna like me, they're gonna feel good about me, I'm gonna have like a solid place in this system. And instead go, if I do this, if I finish the spreadsheet, my children are gonna benefit from this, I'm gonna benefit from this, and ultimately I'll be able to help Susan later, but I'll be able to help her with a better state of mind because other things that are more important have been taken care of. And number three, take that even deeper. So go from like, okay, not not how are you gonna feel about me, but how can I actually impact you, to how do you want to feel about yourself? And does this help you to feel more supported by yourself or less supported? If being constantly available has you feeling like you're constantly abandoning yourself or that you have all of these things, if you hear yourself saying, well, I would have done a good job at my job or I would have spent more time with my kids or I would have spent more time with my partner or I would have a clean, you know, a home that feels good for to me to be in because I really like having a clean house, but I don't feel like I have time for a clean house because everybody else's needs are so much more important than my own and I don't feel like I can ask for the help that I need in order to get the things done. If you hear yourself saying these things, it's a really good indicator that it is time for you to think about what you need to do to feel the way you wanna feel about yourself and to feel supported by yourself. Because right now, like when we're in that state of, well, I have to take care of everybody else, and so therefore I have to neglect all of these other things that are really important to me, that takes you out of the, the seat of supporting yourself, right? If you're able, if when you're supporting yourself, you prioritize the things that matter to you and you deprioritize the things that don't. And you trust that 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 is worth it because the things that matter to you are important because you are important and the the people that matter to you are important and everything else can kind of fall away. All right, finally, number five is non-people facing tasks can really be a struggle for our type twos and productivity. You know, similarly to what we just talked about, type twos may struggle with things like email or spreadsheets because there is that no direct reward, no immediate serotonin. So it might be helpful to make a note, like a literal post-it note of who benefits from this task and keep it in front of you, like put it on your computer. If that is you, that's also good, right? Like even if it's just like, I will benefit from this task, I want you to be at a place where that is a good thing. What good will come of taking the time to do this task well? Will that mean less stress for yourself? Will it mean more paying clients? Will it mean being able to buy back to school clothes for your kiddos? Will it mean, you know, Susan will be supported in her ability to do her tasks well, which will ultimately take tasks off of my plate when instead of me having to go in and redo Susan's work, right? So whatever you need to do to remember the why of the tasks that you're doing and the people behind the tasks that you're doing is gonna be highly motivating for that type two energy when you're doing a task that feels very disconnected from humanity. Now that we have a sense of what would allow us the space and time to experience more pleasure, let's talk about the top roadblocks to type 
Two, allowing that pleasure to happen. Number one is a fear of being selfish. Taking time out for tasks that are purely for your own enjoyment can often feel like you are stealing time away from the people you love. And this is not the case. The goal is not to be constantly giving, right? The goal is to give from a pure heart where there are no strings attached. And this is only possible when you aren't in deep need of being taken care of by someone else. It becomes a really weird game of give to get when we aren't caring for ourselves. And honestly, y'all, that can do real harm. That sense of I am constantly doing for you, you're never doing for me, when that goes so far to where you're angry at the people that you love the most because you haven't communicated what you need from them, you haven't asked for what you need, they're going to leave, they're gonna feel in the relationship a sense of like their own personal failings that they do not deserve, right? And it does the opposite of what you think you're doing. You think like, I'm gonna be constantly available, I'm gonna be constantly giving, 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 and then the people in my life will, will know that I love them and they will love me. But the reality is that doing that separates you from love. It separates you from the ability to have true love, which is love without expectation. Number two is a fear of being replaced. When you believe that love is earned, you may think that your place in the lives of those you love can be taken away by not being available all of the time. It can make it really scary to tell people no, to turn down opportunities, to turn down chances to be giving or to volunteer. And the important thing to remember is that the people in your life who are meant to be in your life will not replace you, right? The people who love you, love is not something that gets taken away because you needed to prioritize yourself for a moment. And I think that's a really big thing that you need to kind of unlearn is like, what is the definition of love really? Because love is not conditional. Love is something that we choose to give to people in our life, even when they prioritize themselves. We do not take love away because someone is taking care of themselves, right? If you've experienced that, you have not experienced the love. Like, that's not love. We're confusing manipulation for love here when that is the case. All right, number three, our final thing that can keep you from experiencing more pleasure in your life is knowing what you need. Because twos are so focused on the needs of others, oftentimes they are completely unaware of the needs they have for themselves. They may say, I don't need a birthday party, don't worry about it, while they're throwing elaborate birthday parties for other people. In fact, maybe throwing the exact birthday party that they want someone to throw for them while actively saying, I don't want you to throw a birthday party for me. And then when the birthday comes, they feel disappointed because it's not the kind of birthday they've thrown for the people in their lives. And it feels like a letdown, even though they're communicating the opposite, right? So the, this is a mess. This is kind of a tricky game here. Um, so you need to date yourself. You need to get to know who you are, outside of your relationships. What do you like to do? Who? What do you like to eat? Who do you like to spend time with? What kind of activities do you enjoy? What makes you feel loved and known and seen? Ask yourself the questions that you ask people when you go on a first date with them. Get to know yourself and get bored so that you have to get creative, so that you have to get to know more and more and more of who you are, what you want, because you need to allow space to see who you are when you are not surrounded by people you're afraid of disappointing. 
I'm going to say that whole, that again for you guys. You need to allow space to see who you are when you are not surrounded by people you are afraid of disappointing. You need to get to the truth of what feels good to you, what you like, and what's not working for you so that you can actually experience true pleasure, not just what your friends like to do, not just what your partner wants to do, not just um, the serotonin you get from a, a well-said thank you or a, you know a few words of affirmation. What actually feels good and fun and pleasurable to you when no one else is around? Okay, friends, I hope that you found this helpful. I know it's a little bit of tough love here today. Um, if you are a type two, I would love to hear if you explore any of these tips, tag me on Instagram. Let me know how you experienced today's podcast. I would love to hear it. As always, it is an absolute joy to create this content for you, and I will see you tomorrow for the next episode. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply.